Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. And we're excited today to have someone on the show uh, talking about I-bonds and other types of government securities. We've got Dave Inna on the line, and he founded TipsWatch.com. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, glad you could you could make it out. I'm just curious here, what is TipsWatch? How did you even get interested? Why did you start a blog about treasury inflation protected securities? Well, I was working at a, a newspaper website and we were doing a lot of stuff with blogs and I decided I would start one just to see how it works, more or less. Mm -hmm. And the, this is one area I was really interested in, both I-bonds and TIPS. And so I started it in, I think in March 2011. And I, it was obviously very small. I didn't even know if I would continue doing it, but I got very interested in doing it over time and uh, kept doing it. And so I, I have covered every TIPS auction, <laughs> yeah, every TIPS auction since March 2011. There's oh one every Wow, and uh, and of course all the I bond, I track all the I bond inflation numbers, yeah. and it's it's really for me it was more of a it became a way of buying tips when I I could monitor the auctions, sure, and then I could tell this this is a good time to buy or not a good time to buy. I was going to be doing it anyway, so it was fun mm -hmm. to write. And then about six years ago, Seeking Alpha recruited me to write for their website. Okay. And I was their number one writer on bonds for probably four years. Um, wow. But then they changed their structure, uh, pay structure, and my pay basically was cut by 90%. If oh you're not in, they, they're really, they're favoring uh, writing about tickers. So if you write about Tesla, sure. you can make a lot of money. But I-bonds and right. tips don't have a ticker and can't make it. Mm -hmm. So I just converted back last year to just strictly writing on my own website and running yeah. advertising on it and, and letting that pay the bills. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Well, it's just great. It just show, goes to show that if you have a passion for something, you can perhaps turn it into a business. Uh, we got connected because of your website. So I imagine that this is a way to uh, get connected to other folks that have a, uh, an interest in the things that you're interested in as well. You mentioned a few different things there. I, I call them treasury inflation protected securities. You call them tips. They're both the same thing. I imagine a lot of the people that are listening have not quite heard of it, or maybe they're just heard the name and not quite sure exactly what those are. Would you mind describing for us maybe the differences between a, a tips, which is the uh, type of security versus an I bond versus maybe just a regular old savings bond or regular government bond. There's kind of these almost flip-flop different different things that are out there. Do you mind describing that out for us a little bit? Well, the uh, savings bonds and TIPS are both government securities, so they're 100% guaranteed unless the government defaults. So we hope that won't happen. Yeah, uh, for sure. TIPS is a, is, a, is a traditional U.S. Treasury, except that it's um, 
not, it, it pays a very small coupon rate. Now, right now, uh, tips that you buy today will pay a coupon rate of 0.125%. Mm. And then the, the amount, your, the amount, let's say you buy $10,000. If inflation goes up every month, then your principal balance goes up along with the inflation rate. It also okay. can go down with the inflation rate, though. If the inflation rate goes down, your accrued balance will go down for a month, ah. for matching the deflation of the month before. Mm-hmm. Tips are a great investment. The problem right now is that real yields on tips are well below zero. So you're huh. getting less than the inflation rate. So when you say zero, it doesn't mean you're, you're earning a negative return. You're just returning negative to inflation, not negative to nom- not a nominal negative return. Yeah. I'll I just bond. make up some numbers. So like if... Um so like with a tip, if inflation was three and you're returning, you're getting like two or one, you'd say, well, wait a second, we're, we're behind. We're behind inflation. That's kind of how the, the tips yeah, could work. That's and right. That's what happening is right now. And it, okay, got it. It sounds bad, but then again, if you bought a 10-year treasury right now, you're going to get one and a half percent, let's say. That is likely to fail the lag inflation by one percent, two percent. We don't know how much inflation will right. be in the future. So. At least with the tips, you're guaranteed to get, right now, it's just about 1% below inflation mm-hmm. for a 10-year tip. It's 0.9% below. Yeah. The nice thing about an I-bond is it will never perform less than the rate of inflation. Never. So it's huh. going to, right now, the fixed rate is 0.0%. You will get, that means that your real rate of return is zero instead of negative one percent so that's a hundred basis point advantage for an i-bond mm-hmm. for a five-year tips it's negative 1.5 so an i-bond has an advantage of 150 basis points and that's a real lot of yeah. advantage and then yeah. the other thing about i-bonds is they can never go down in value so mm-hmm. if the deflation does strike for months you're just you're gonna earn if it's potentially you could earn zero percent for six months Sure. But if inflation had gone down by, let's say, 2%, you're still 2% above inflation. So that's right. not so bad. Tips exactly though, will it. go down 2% with it. Yeah. So tips are, are you know, going to be more sensitive to what inflation does. I-bonds, when it goes down, I-bonds will only go up. They can only go up. They can't go down. Yeah. Well, that, that ability for I-bonds not to go down is just a great additive. It's a great thing. That's what, somewhat what got us talking here is back in May of 2021, I start reading all these articles about how I-bonds are going to pay this great rate for the next six months. And some people listening are saying, wait a second, Dave was talking about uh, real returns of zero. Well, oddly enough, a real return of zero, keeping up with inflation is actually pretty good right now. A lot of people that we're talking to have money in the bank. They're looking at accounts that are paying close to zero. They're seeing headlines that say inflation might be five or six percent uh, right now, if that's you know to be believed. But let's just go with that number. And you're thinking, wait a second, if you're five or six points behind inflation with your bank account, then the tips being behind by one one and a half, or I bonds keeping up with inflation, that's that's the whole point uh, for parts of your money that you might not want to have at risk for inflation, that's looking all right. Yeah, the the way that an I-bond works is it has the fixed rate, which is 0.0% right now. That will be adjusted on November 1 to, I'm predicting 0.0%. So it won't, it won't change, in other <laughs> words, because it's not, not, not going to go right? up when re- real yields are so low. 
but sure. it also has a inflation-adjusted rate, and the two rates combine to create a composite rate. The current yeah. composite rate, if you buy before October 30th, 30th 31st, is 3.54%. For mm-hmm. six months. So you're going to get an annual rate of 3.54% for six months. The mm-hmm. next variable rate, which is going to be reset on November 1, and it's based on inflation from March to September, looks like it's going to be close to 7%. Close. Wow. It may not, yeah. may not be 7%, but right now it's on a track to be 6.56%. Mm-hmm. And then it could be this. Then so what that is is it's double the inflation rate from March to September. Right now that inflation rate's running at about three point two eight percent, I think. Right. So yeah. if you add another, yeah. if you add another point two, let's say for September, which is coming out in two weeks or mm-hmm. ten days, I think um, you're going to end up with a rate very close to seven percent. That's what's so interesting about a lot of this is you said they're resetting the rate in November. I believe they're not even going to announce the rate in November. But if you pay attention, all the numbers that they use are being released on October 13th. And here we are recording just a little bit before then. I imagine the people listening now are going to hear this in October. After October 13th, you can go and find exactly what the rates are going to be. I got a feeling that on your website, thetipswatch.com, you're going to write an article about that. I'm going to have a very busy day on October 13th because it's I believe also it. the day that will it's going to set the Social Security COLA that day too, and that is looking like it's going to be about 5.9 percent or mm-hmm. eh, I said six, but it's not going to quite make six, I don't think, but it could. Sure. So that's and that's a big one too. I mean, the, for people on Social Security, I am on Social Security. You know, it's nice to get that big of a game, but that's. The way that the Social Security COLA is figured is so complex, I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, you can read we'll get, that on That'll website. be another one. What That's one thing on I love website? about your website. You've got that Social Security COLA. So people that are interested in the I-bonds can go to your website, click on, you've got a whole section on it. People that are on Social Security are just about to be. I've been talking to so many people that are getting close to starting Social Security. And their biggest question, I think, is what is the increase going to be? And do I have to file before the end of the year? in order to get that, that COLA adjustment. And I say, well, yeah, it looks that, like uh, people know, like Dave is- say it's going to be close to six. And then, and I got a feeling you, you know exactly how the COLA works. Cause like you said, you're, you're on social security, uh, uh, making use of it right now. I do. I do explain how the COLA works, which is really complicated and you'll probably never read exactly how it works anywhere else. I, I, I'm amazed kind of that you can never really see how it works, but it's a Mm -hmm. very complicated formula that involves only three months. But the thing is, you don't need to start taking Social Security anytime. You'll get the the 6% when you do claim. So your future benefits are going up by 6%. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're on it or not. Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. wonderful for, because it's been, for many years, it's been in the range of one, I think last year was 1.8. Now, the, what's going to also, the, the, what the, the last, on October 13th, will be the last of the six-month string to determine the I-bonds rate. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the reason that one. So, so it's really the most important inflation report of the year. The numbers are a little bit different. The Social Security COLA uses the CPIW, which isn't the mm-hmm. same as CPI. U is what do you normally hear. And I bond uses non-seasonally adjusted 
CPIU, <laughs> which don't hear reported, but you know they, it is there in the in the in the monthly yeah. report. That's where I get it from. Well, thank goodness we have people like you that are uh, doing the calculations, doing a little bit of my research, and then following your website, I was able to do some of the calculations too. And turned out my numbers were pretty close. You corrected some of my numbers, which I thought was wonderful. I appreciate appreciate that. But you've got on your website something called the I-Bond Manifesto, why inflation-leaked savings bonds can work as part of your emergency fund. And you uh, wrote that or, or published that with a few other people that are famous in the I-Bonds world. And I've been talking about I-Bonds now the last few weeks, uh, wrote an article about it, about how great it look, it's looking like the November inflation adjustment might be, which means our opinions that October might be a great time to look into it uh, because then if you know what the current rate is and you know what the next rate is, you can know what the next amount would be you, you would get over the next 12 to 15 months, which would be a great uh, thing to know when you're yes, going into exactly something like right. I-bonds. People should realize that if they buy before October 31st, they will get 3.5%, 3.54% for six months, for a full six months. Then they'll get yeah. the new rate, which may be near 7% for a full six months. So yeah. whenever you buy an I-bond, you immediately get the current rate for six months, and then you get the next rate for six months, and then we don't know what the next rate will be after that because yeah. we'll, it'll be inflation next year. Next year's mm -hmm. inflation. It was uh, Professor Z. Bodhi, who's really well-known in, uh, in safety investing, and he was kind of like the father of I-bonds, they say, at least he, and I believe that he, he really got this started, the I-Bond Manifesto. What he's trying to do is to get people to realize that you can use an I-Bond as a short-term investment instead of normally, I mean, I totally recommend using them as a long-term investment. Don't sell okay. them yeah. until you need the money. But sure. you can buy an I-Bond in October and you can sell it 11 months later or redeem it and you'll get the full year of interest except they remove three months of interest. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've been saying wait 15 months because that's the high interest rate you'd be losing. He, he brought together these people, including me, to talk about I-bonds. And, and it's just a really good summary of why I-bonds can be used as an emergency fund mm -hmm. or as part of your emergency fund, not the, not the full. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend them as the full emergency fund. But mm -hmm. if you're trying to say in retirement you want to have $50,000 set aside for future expenses, you could have a portion of that in I-bonds. Let's say 10000 You could buy the limit, 10000 And then mm -hmm. after a year, if you needed the money, you could redeem them. If you didn't need the money, you could continue to let them grow, which is what I recommend. But when you need, if, I just recommend don't sell them until you need the money. Sure. What, what's Go interesting, ahead. I've been talking about the I-bonds and mentioning that the October 12-month yield might be around 5%. And some people said, ah, who needs 5% when you can make more than that in the stock market? And I'm saying this has nothing to do with the stock market. Uh, it has to do with maybe your short-term type of money. And then someone had responded to me and said, well, I'd like to be able to cash out in less than 12 months for my emergency fund type money. And so that may be true, but uh, there's plenty of people I know in retirement that They'll go with that 50,000 number that you uh, talked about. What if you hit retirement, you need need or want 50,000 in your emergency fund and you keep it in a bank or a money market. And then five years later, 10 years later, 30 years later, you might have the same exact 50 grand in your emergency fund 
and it might be in that money market that entire time. I mean, look here, it's 2021. That money market's been earning close to zero for 12 years. And so a lot of people that have what if type of money, the what if doesn't necessarily happen. And so it's a great idea to try to get a little bit more interest on that what if type of money. And yeah, if you had 50,000 of your what if emergency fund type of money, and yes, 10,000 is the maximum per person per year, per year, perhaps you take 10 grand of it and move it into the I bonds if that's what works out best for you. Because then a year later, it's basically just as liquid as the other money that you had, but now you've earned that higher interest for that year. And then you can decide just every, uh, you can decide basically on a daily basis if you wanna keep that portion of money in the I bond, or if you need it to cash it out like you were talking about to, to cash it out when you need it. I totally agree with what you just said. That's that's exactly the way you should think about it. The, let's say you really wanted $50,000 emergency fund, but you, let's say you had 30,000 in I bonds on top of the 50. And then mm-hmm. if, at that time you, the, it, that would always be there if you needed if you needed the money, it would be there. It's going to re- earn the rate of inflation. It very accurately will track inflation by the way. I have tested that. Yeah very accurately tracks. Now, when you sell, when you redeem, you will owe taxes. So sure. you have to consider yeah. that, but you can time the sale in a year that you don't have a lot of income, hopefully, and not pay mm-hmm. very much in taxes or maybe none, or maybe no taxes. Now, the stock market is not an emergency fund. <laughs> Everybody needs yeah. to remember that because yep, even though we've sure. had so many years, so many years of a uh, rising stock market, it's not going to it will not continue. I mean, it's going to, eventually mm-hmm. we will go down. It'll go up again, but it'll go down at some point. It could be severe. Yep. That's when you want to have the emergency fund so you don't have to sell the stocks. You can just let the stocks ride it out and go back and go up in value. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I, I get to see more financial statements than, than perhaps you do, but I've just recently thinking one where somebody said, oh, this is my emergency fund, and it was $30,000 in Apple stock. I said, I'm glad you have a stock that you like, but that's definitely not your emergency fund. And then I had another person recently, and they were saying that, hey, this is uh, my statement for my money market. And I was expecting to see a, a bank statement that showed an interest rate, and it was a brokerage account that had 80% in the stock market. And I said, wait, wait a second, this is not your money market. I said, oh yeah, it is because they had taken their money market and they were tired of the interest rate. And so they started investing. And so they view it like their money market, their emergency fund. And so, well, you've been lucky the last 12 years, right? From 2009 to 2021, it's worked out for you. But let's figure out if this really is your emergency fund money because 80% of the stock market is definitely not an emergency fund type of money. It's, it's having money available that uh, you don't see the funds drop so that if you do need the money, you know it's there. That's the whole point of an emergency fund. And love how you're talking about and that you and Svi Bodhi have put out this manifesto that I-bonds could be a great component to your emergency fund. Exactly, yeah, I'm I'm worried about anybody who thinks the stock market's their emergency fund, you know. Yeah. And especially, I love, Apple's a great company, but you know, I and I'm fine with owning Apple stock, it just can't be your emergency fund. Yeah, definitely. I can tell you that, you know. Should my, not be. Uh, you know, if you go back uh, to 2013, uh, when interest rates started going up, the, the bond market also took quite a hit. That won't happen with I-bonds. Your, your I-bonds, let's say you just have even uh, total bond market, which is a great fund, you know, for Vanguard's total bond market. 
that fund could take a three to five percent hit. Interest rates go up in the next year. Sure. I bonds, I bonds won't take a hit. Then, but you know, my wife and I, after interest rates did go up, when you could earn about, you could earn three percent on a five-year CD. Remember that? It was like uh, yeah, <laughs> three years ago. Right. But we were making, we were making, let's say, a couple hundred bucks on our money market fund a month. And mm -hmm. uh, now we're making we're making about five cents. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty pretty uh, severe drop. And that's why I think people are trying to take risks. They're taking risks when they shouldn't be because of right. that. Yep, that's exactly it. Well, I'd encourage people to go to your website. Part of this this IBON manifesto is that it talks about eight different benefits of the IBONs. I'll I'll highlight a few of them. One of them we've already talked about is that they're inflation protected. They protect you against uh, inflation going up. Another one that you mentioned is they're tax deferred. You don't happen to owe taxes until you cash them out on there. Although you actually get an option because I think you said uh, in there that you can actually choose to pay the taxes on the interest and that might work out better for some people. Uh, you can do that if you want. Although speaking of taxes, you mentioned that they're free from state and local taxation. So you earn however much money from the I-bonds, you pay taxes on your federal taxes on that interest, but you don't pay it on your state and local. And that's just a kind of an old court ruling, but that's, it's like the opposite of municipal bonds. A lot of people maybe have heard of municipal bonds that are state and local bonds, and you don't pay the federal taxes on it. This is the opposite. You get interest from the, the federal government through the I-bond, and you don't have to put that on your state and local taxes to pay that. So a lot of different... Um, options that are listed in there or benefits that are listed in there. Do you mind, let's just talk about maybe some, what are some of the downsides to an I-bond? Why would somebody maybe not want to, to look into the I-bonds? Well, I get a lot of feedback from people that say, well, it's, you can only buy $10,000 a year per person. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure. that, I'll yep. say, well, that's just, it's, it's an insignificant amount as part of their portfolio. And so they don't want to do it. It's just too small of an amount to make a difference. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, I'll tell you that I-bonds are very, very popular investment among wealthy people, believe it or not. And, hmm. be, and it surprises me, but, they're, but, they're, but they scheme all sorts of ways to get more I-bonds. And you know some of these ways. I mean, because you can do the tax return and get mm -hmm. another 5000 as as part of your refund. It's yeah. Because it's a capital preservation investment. It's not to get sure. rich. It's just to preserve your capital. And that's mm -hmm. why I think wealthy people tend to like I-bonds. But that is a limit. The $10,000 a limit is a negative. However, you know, that means a married couple could do 20000 a year. And if you do 20000 a year for 10 years, you're going to have a $200,000 base there. Right. That's a pretty good amount of, that's a pretty good amount of money to have uh, inflation protected. Mm -hmm. So it is a negative, and a lot of people beg the Treasury to raise the rate. Where I mm -hmm. personally beg all the time to raise, maybe make it uh, twenty thousand per person a year. It used to be right. it used to be thirty five thousand per person. Oh wow! And then they dropped it to five per, per and then then it went up. And I think two thousand eight or or so they dropped, mm -hmm. they raised it to no two thousand eleven. I think they raised it to ten where it is now. So it's never been gotcha. adjusted for inflation. It's just ten. I otherwise, uh, you know, some people don't like Treasury Direct. You have to buy them uh, yep. in electronic form through Treasury Direct. 
I don't mind Treasury Direct. I find it fairly easy to use. I wrote yeah. an article about how to an open account there. It's it's not that difficult uh, to do. Sure. But you can't just go to the bank and buy an I-bond anymore. That's kind of like the old way, right? Now, I can't do it anymore. You have to buy it. At, there's only two ways you can buy it at Treasury Direct or you can ask for it as in lieu of a tax refund on your federal return. And yeah, then another, the other... The other uh, I suppose a negative for some people is the real return is zero, zero mm-hmm. percent of real return, meaning it will exactly match inflation. But some people think that's not adequate. They want something higher. In order to get something higher, you have to take risk. So it's not a risky investment. It's the opposite of a risky investment. Exactly. If you want risk, you won't like it. Very true. Very true. I suppose another downside too is that if you cash out before the first five years are done, you lose the prior three months interest, which is why you uh, point out. Actually, well, let's let's get to this. One thing I was looking through your website, I figure there's at least three secrets. Let me know if there's any more than the three I found. But we found three secrets to to maximizing the I bonds that are out there, and one of them that you mentioned is. You can get $5,000 more of I-bonds from your tax return. You just fill out a tax form and say $5,000 on my tax refund. I'd like that to be sent to me as an I-bond. So if you if you time it right, because you can always send in some extra money to the government and you, you do it that way, you could do 10,000 per person. If there's two of you, there's 20 grand, but then you can get the $5,000 back as an I-bond uh, that way. So that's an interesting secret, way to get a little bit more yeah. people that think 10000 is not enough. I think they may limit you to 5000 per tax return. So unless you're filing separately, yep. you wouldn't be able to do that. You would have to, you would only be able to get 5000 I've never done it, but a lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. I, I yeah. talk to people all the time who do it and ask for, ask for advice from me. And I'll say, I don't, I've never done it. And sure. I feel that buying 10000 for two people, so a total of 20000 is adequate for what I need, especially because, you know, I have a lot of tips also invested over time. I've, I've invested in tips. I have that backup uh, inflation mm-hmm. protection. You get I, it. You know, what people do, I think what people generally do, especially if they're retired, is they, they pay estimated taxes over the amount that they think they'll mm-hmm. owe, and then they'll, get, they'll be able to do the 5000 I bond, a paper I yep. bond. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. And so it's form 8888. So that's one secret to optimizing or maximizing your I bonds is that if you happen to get a refund, you can choose on form 8888. It says right there, part two, how much of this do you want as a bond purchase for your spouse? And so there you go. That's uh, one of the secrets out there, a way to get a little bit more than the 10,000 per person. Although I, the way I'm reading it too, and we're not, neither one of us are accountants, but I got a feeling uh, you're probably right on that 5,000 per tax returns about the max, but that's okay. I'm not uh, positive here, of that, but I think that's true. It's Yeah, it just kind of seems that way, but hey, give it a shot and ask your accountant. Maybe they yeah. ought to know, right? Uh, another one you were telling me is you should time your purchases very well. You said if you purchased at the end of the month, and sold at the beginning of the month. How, do, how does that work? There, that's an advantage. So you can buy uh, an I bond or EE uh, bond for that matter, any savings bond near the last day of the month. I generally advise on Treasury Direct. You can set the date for your purchase, mm-hmm. and I generally advise people to set the date like two days before 
the end okay. of the month. So nothing gets tripped up and it gets pushed into the next month. But if you buy sure. any date during a month, you get credit for a full month. Okay. So if you buy near the, let's say if you bought on, let's see, October 29th, there'll be buy on the 28th or something like that. The Yeah. You would get credit for the full month of October. Then next year, when October rolls around, you can redeem. So that one gotcha. year is now up. So mm-hmm. you've cut the holding period to 11 months. Oh, so you're you saying you could buy like October. Three. Okay. So you could buy October 29th, you could, you could, but then October 1st hits and you can sell it a, a year later. A year later. So you've held it, you've kept it to, you know, 11 months in a day, I say, is the holding yeah. period. You could redeem and you you will earn, if you, even with the 3% penalty, you're going to make about 5%, you know, or 3.5%, I think, for the year. If you yeah, take with that three-month three, penalty. Yeah. Three-month penalty, three three and a half percent is much better than you can earn anywhere else safely. Yeah. Well, the final secret that I saw, tell me if there's any more here, but you were telling me, or on the website too, if, if you're going to lose a prior three months of interest and you're looking at this 12 months from now and you, you hear what the new rate's going to be and you don't like that new rate, some people see that and say, the new rate's going to be low, let me get out of it. And your suggestion would be, unless you absolutely need the money, if you don't like the new rate, it's too low for you, wait the three months and let them take away the new rate, take away the lower interest rate. Because if you get kind of ticked about the new rate and cash it out right away, you'll lose the last three months that's a high rate. Wait the next three months and say, fine, you keep your low interest that they're going to renew it at. And so maybe a lot of people ought to look at this more like a a 15-month type of holding period at a, at a minimum, because if they like the next 12 months and then they don't like what happens after that, well, just wait the three months so it's only the lower interest that, that you lose out on. If they wait if they wait the 15 months, they would be getting over 5% for, for 15 months because you'd lose the last three months. But yeah. so whatever, there have been times the variable rate's been very low. That's a good time to sell if you're, you know, I... You if know, you're you going have to, to wait, yeah. you have to hold them five years. You have to hold them five years before you avoid the three percent, three month mm-hmm. penalty. And a lot of times, the rate, you know, you're talking about ten thousand dollars. So if the interest rate was only one percent, it's not very much mm-hmm. money. You know, it's going to be ten, ten, twenty dollars. It's really not yeah. that much. But when you're getting mm-hmm. this much, you know, maybe seven percent, you're going to want to probably hang on to that for an extra three months to make sure you you get the full benefit of that 7%. Well, Dave, you've given us a masterclass in about 25 minutes on tips and I-bonds, and I've absolutely loved it. Anyone that's interested in learning more, I'd encourage them to go to your website. It's tipswatch.com, T-I-P-S, watch.com. I'm seeing right on the front page, I see inflation and I-bonds. Information about Social Security Cola. You might not think that I-bonds or tips are right for you, but a lot of people we talk to are facing retirement or in retirement and go right to uh, one of the experts on Social Security COLA to see what that might be looking at and just so much good information that's out there. Before we head out, Dave, any final words of wisdom or anything you'd like to, to share with us? No, I appreciate your, your having me to participate in this. And I do really uh, strongly urge people just to take a look at uh, at iBonds, whether you go to my site or not, go to Treasury Direct and look at them mm-hmm. there. But you can find that they really are a unique investment that I think is very underappreciated. 
and unknown because generally, and this I'm giving you a lot of credit for this, financial advisors rarely will talk about a savings bond because there's you know, no yeah. money in it or they're, they're, it's too boring for one thing, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and I really appreciate that you're raising uh, this issue for your clients. That's a great thing to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for those words. It's been fun. It was, it, it started about last December, December, 2020, got so many calls in a row with people whose CDs were renewing. Uh, they used to be at two, they're getting down to 0.5 and everyone's saying, Hey, this, this bank money, what do I do with it? I said, well, uh, you want to keep it that type of interest type of money. You're not looking to put it in the market, things like that. Hey, you're our clients. Let's figure this out with you. And so we've, we've done a couple, uh, webinars. We've been trying to say, here's some different ideas on what you could do a little bit better. That's why I was so interested in May when there was a lot of news around the I-bonds. And I thought, well, I'll look a little bit more into it. And then all of a sudden, I did some more research and realized how it's going to look for October and beyond and thought, we got to get this information out to people that if this applies to you, like you said, look into it and and figure out if this is the right thing for you. So it's been it's been fun to learn about it. It's been fun to to share that information. That's what we like to do is just educate people about the, the different ways they can improve their retirement. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, I do recommend buying in October and getting that three and a half percent rate for six months because we don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, the inflation mm-hmm. rate could drop. It could be higher, but you'll get it anyways if it's higher. So I think it's a good idea to go ahead and get that three and a half percent for six months. Then you get the extra 6.9 or 7% for six months, you know, annualized. I think I would, I would recommend buying in October and not waiting till November and waiting for the higher rate to kick in because you sure. will get the full benefit of that higher rate. There you go. When I, I wrote about why in my website, I'm sure you've got, uh, got it as well too, but that was part of the article I wrote is that some people were suggesting and thinking, well, I'll just wait for the, the better rate, but you, you express it right there why if you're somebody that's going to be doing this and you're listening to this in October, yeah, look at it now because if you're going to do it, you're better off knowing what your 12-month rate is than taking a gamble at what the six-month rate would be, you know, six months down the road. So there you go. I think we'll, we'll end with that because exactly. that's some great, great words of advice there. And I just want to thank you, Dave. Thanks for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Love your website. Love the tipswatch.com website. Uh, encourage everyone to go out there and take a look at it. And I want to thank all our listeners for joining us on the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.